Welcome to Horsepower to Hyperloops, Kettering University's official podcast, where we serve up a smorgasbord of fascinating people, groundbreaking ideas, and noteworthy advancements in fields as diverse as mobility, healthcare, engineering, and technology. I bought a machine. I didn't know how to use it. I bought CAD software. I knew the basics. We never actually tested anything in person to see if the parts would work or assemble correctly. So when I moved back home after my summer 2020 school term, that's what we started doing. And we already had a small shop lined up and we had all of our equipment and we just started. Hi, I'm Tim Troop Noonan, host of the In The Mix series for Horsepower to Hyperloops. And that was Neil Barish, a junior at Kettering University and founder of BarryBacher.com. Neil's a special guest because he's the first student on our podcast. In March of 2020, Barish, then a sophomore, lost his co-op due to the pandemic. Seeing opportunity where others saw misfortune, Neil and a friend, Kettering student Sam Baker, started selling custom-made auto parts. When they weren't taken seriously by people who thought they were just resellers instead of a boutique manufacturer, they incorporated. Now, physically back in school for the first time in 15 months, Neil's co-op is his own successful company. Well, Neil Barish, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Great to be here. Neil, I'm really impressed, as are a lot of people, because you are a junior at Kettering, but you are also a CEO, is that what you would call yourself, of your own business, which you started a year ago. Tell me a little bit about the business and and how that happened. My friend and I, or I guess a lot of my friends and I, have always been in just cars, the car scene in general, modifying cars and everything. And there was a point in time where we weren't satisfied with the products that were available to us. So we just decided to create our own. And over time, a lot of other people wanted what we had. And eventually one day we just decided to give them just that. So. Well, now the pandemic is certainly created a vast interruption for all of us in many ways, but it's also the thing that allowed you to go into that sort of full bore. Tell me a little bit about the beginning of this business a year ago, which would have been what, when the start of the pandemic happened, May of 2020, and how you got into it, why you turned it into a business, a little bit about your journey. Towards the end of March, right when the pandemic started, I was kind of expecting to go back to my co-op position, but I got the call saying that wasn't going to happen. So I went home and basically sat there and did nothing. And I just started making these parts out of my garage. And let me let me interrupt you. Where were you co-oping at the time and what were you doing? So I was a sound and vibration engineer at FEV North America in Auburn Hills. Had you been doing that your entire first two years at, at Kettering? Correct. Yep. So you had gained some hard skills in this area. Right. Yeah. And they definitely helped me out when starting this business too. So now what happened? What's the status of the situation for students? Your co-op canceled your job because of the pandemic. So now you're home and you're sitting there trying to figure out what's next, right? Right. Yeah. So I made a few of these parts and I listed them on Facebook just on Marketplace. 
And people were interested, but no one really took me seriously. So I got my friend and we formed a company and that was it. And that was all it took. And we made a bunch of sales. First of all, what kind of company? Are you an LLC or, or what? So at first it wasn't really anything official, but now we're a corporation. Okay. And what parts did you choose and why did you choose those parts? So we chose aero cosmetic parts. So they're just bumper bolt-ons and they add a little bit of aero performance and they also add a lot of cosmetic appeal too. So we chose those just because those were that we've always just loved the look of the parts. And we think those parts, they have the most impact on the overall look of the vehicle. And we really wanted to tailor them to how we wanted them to look. So but front splitters and rear diffusers aren't just cosmetic, right? They they affect the airflow and and regulate it and help manage the performance of the vehicle, right? Right, they do. And we keep that in mind, but these are economy cars and you know, we're not trying to turn them into race cars. So we we take aesthetics into account for most of it. And what kind of cars, I mean, you can't make these for every car on the planet. What cars are you making them for? And why do you choose those cars? So right now we make parts for a few Volkswagen hatchbacks and sedans. Our main cars like the Golf, the GTI and the Golf R. And we simply started out with these cars because just of the availability. I have one. We have multiple friends that have them. So we knew we could get the cars into design parts and it would run smoothly. And we have a lot of Volkswagen scene in our hometown too. So it all worked out really well. It's interesting. As, as you may know, I'm a writer by core trade and taught writing. And one of the things we tell people is write what you know. And right. so you, you are manufacturing and selling what you know. Right. Tell me a little bit about the journey. So you start making a few of these, you put them up on Facebook. Did people buy them or not? People wanted to buy them. There was like, I would get like so many messages and questions and then, you know, no one would actually pull the trigger and like give me some money. So yeah, we, we made a brand and that's it. And that's the brand is Barry Backer, right? Yeah. Barry Bacher. Barry Bacher. Okay. Yeah. I Obviously the first part comes from your name, Barish, right? Right. And well, give the me the rest of it. What's it mean? The second part is just my partner's last name. Okay. So yeah, Barry Bacher. Okay. Yeah. We wanted to, it sounds weird, but it's perfect for like the brand image and what we're trying to achieve. We want to put like a little German twist on it. So that's kind of what we did there. I want to get into what you are trying to achieve, but first of all, I want to get walk through things. So you incorporated with, I assume the help of an attorney or someone official yes. like that. Yes. And so where do you go from there in terms of marketing, expanding your market, manufacturing? This is last summer you incorporated? So we incorporated last fall, like September. Okay. What happened then? How do you expand all those things? How do you move into a new era? How do you get people to take you seriously, start sending you checks and actually buying? Well, right. So when we started in May, we were handmaking the parts in my garage and we were selling them through our website. And it was really inefficient, you know, like it was a ton of hours and like labor in the sun. And it was like, it was pretty terrible. 
So we knew that if we ever wanted to sell more or even continue selling them, we would have to come up with some way that was more efficient. And we chose CNC manufacturing. So I bought a machine. I didn't know how to use it. I bought CAD software and we just started playing around. And before I ended my school term, I had been working on a few CAD models and I, I knew the basics. We never actually tested anything in person to see if the parts would work or assemble correctly or anything. So when I moved back home after my summer 2020 school term, that's what we started doing. And we already had a small shop lined up and we had all of our equipment and we just started. So a CNC machine basically uses a computer to take the design and mold and manufacture the hard materials into the shape and size and form that you need. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It's all cutting. Now, those aren't, I mean, they're more expensive things, but those aren't cheap either, particularly for a college student. You 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 poured a lot of money into that, right? For you. Right. Yeah. Pretty much every penny that I had. And we, we've done a few things DIY to save money. Luckily, we've, we've been okay with all of that. But yeah, it was pretty much all my money. So what happens? So you obviously have a website, barrybacker.com with a hyphen in the middle, B-E-R-I hyphen Bacher, B-A-C-K-E-R.com, right? right? Yep. So you built that, but people don't just show up at a website. So how did you get the word out? So mainly through social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. So it's basically just one place on the internet where everyone Every potential buyer that there could be is there there. And so I would just go on there and talk a little bit about our products. And <laughs> I would get like some negative feedback sometimes, but I think some people are just kind of cranky. What would you get negative feedback for? What possibly could somebody, <laughs> unless they bought your part and didn't like it or something, it didn't fit. But what what possibly would somebody have, have an edge about, about what you were doing? So... There's, I mean, I guess in the aftermarket parts world, there there's tons of parts in all different price ranges. You know, there's a lot of parts on eBay that are obviously a worse quality than more expensive parts. So a lot of people were saying like, these are just eBay parts and, you know, or like these parts are going to break easy. And, you know, we just responded with videos of us like smashing them on the ground and, you know, <laughs> they're completely fine and stuff. And then people buy them and they make their own posts in on Facebook or in the groups and it just leads to more sales and more credibility. Well, I know you have videos up on barrybacher.com about installing and, and so on. Am I correct? We don't have any videos. We just send instruction manuals with everything. But Okay. Okay. So what happened then? So now you're out, you're talking about it, you're incorporated, you've moved into a a shop. You're not making them by hand. You're making them by the CNC machines. Correct. How many are you making a day or a week or however you measured it? So it depends. We're not going to, um, we don't have a lot of, we were at the time we didn't have a lot of like liquid cash. So I wouldn't just be stocking up a ton when I knew I wasn't going to sell them, but we can make anywhere from say 20 to 30, like full products ready to ship in a day to or if we, if we need, yeah, that was a bet. <laughs> what what kind of space? Obviously, your garage 
at home couldn't handle it. How big is your space? Because you have to have materials to store and then then finished uh, diffusers and splitters to store until you ship them out. So you must have a, a fair amount of space, right? Right. So our first shop or our first space that we rented out last fall, it was it was 550 square feet and our machine took up about a third of the total space in the room. The place wasn't very nice. There were like cracks in the walls. We had like a tarp on the ceiling to catch all the water. Um, it was really terrible. To catch all the water? What was the ceiling leaking? Yeah, it was pretty Oh leaky. man. So you moved into a new place when? January. And how big is that? It's like 1,500, 1,600. Big enough? And we, oh yeah, it's uh At first it was too big. Now it's not big enough, but it's really nice. We have high ceilings. We have a bathroom. We have a garage door and everything. So we can pull cars in and work on them or make new products. So. Oh, you're moving up. You're a company with its own bathroom. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're the only, only space here with, a, with its own bathroom. So you're in a place where there's some other manufacturing or 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 commercial establishments. Right. There's other businesses that are, yeah. Very cool. So have sales continued to uh, increase? It sounds like if the building is getting too small, it sounds like sales are continuing. Yeah, they are. And last fall from September to December or early January, we were making pretty good sales and we didn't know if we would be making enough to be paying for this place, but we decided it would be worth the risk and that we could use this space to grow our sales. And that's what we did. Have they gone up from when you started first move into the into the 550 foot place to now? Have your sales doubled or tripled or? I would say, yeah, probably like a 50 to 100% increase somewhere in that. That's terrific, Neil. Yeah, that's great and we stuff. made, we designed when we moved in here, we started bring a ton of cars in and we would spend tons of time designing new products too. So that opens up more areas in the market for us to make sales. But all the products are within the airflow diffuser splitter category, correct? Correct. So what about school? I mean, Kettering went back and your partner's a Kettering student as well, correct? No, he's not. He's not. So was he back in school this whole regular academic year? I moved back home last September. And then he came back in December and he was with me all the way until the end of April or early May. And I've been alone since then. And he's going to come back three weeks into my school term this summer. So did you go back to school on regular terms this year or were you off? I did three work terms in a row. So winter of 2020 and then just this whole this whole year, the first half of the year, basically. So Kettering allowed this to be your new co-op. Is that correct? Right. So when I moved back home in uh, last September, I moved back home because it, I got it approved to be my co-op. So, so you did this all year, but now you're going back to school, correct? I am. Yep. And you've got two more years, which is five or six more terms. On the co-op terms, you can go back and work because you've got your co-op, but you've got five or six more terms. You've got a business partner. Where's this business going in the, the short, mid, and long term? So that is what we're figuring out now. Even just short-term stuff, we're still figuring it out because this is one of the times where we're like, like I guess we're here now, but up until now, we're just like, okay, well, We'll figure it out when we get there. So 
that's what we're in the process of doing now. And now you're there. That now, now we're here. Yep. So you've got to go back to school. And so you're going to have to figure out over the next two years, how you're going to manage the business during the terms, 11 week terms that you're at school. Right. Right. That's in my opinion, it's almost just as, or more challenging than actually just growing the business itself. But sure. I mean, you can't, it's, it's tough to run a business stopping and starting. And right, yeah, so that's the time. I'm sure you'll figure it out because you've figured out everything else, which is the cool thing about this. But let's assume you do it. Let's assume you figure this out, which you will, I am sure. And you graduate. What would you envision for this business beyond Kettering? Growing significantly at that point when you have a chance to really throw your whole life into it or something you did well in college? What would you see as the long-term possibilities or visions or hopes that you might have for it? So by then, we would like to have more products. Right now, we only offer products for Volkswagens. We would like to dip into other manufacturers, and we'd like to offer carbon products as well. So right now, we only sell plastic parts, but carbon parts sell for a higher price and Well, so I'm going to stop and give you another plug. We're talking to Neil Barish, a junior at Kettering, who during the pandemic got bored in his own terms and started his own business and selling manufacturing and selling high quality diffusers and rear diffusers and front splitters for VWs and golfs. And you can find those at barrybacher.com. That's B-E-R-I hyphen B-A-C-K-E-R.com. Neil, so are you where you thought you'd be just earlier? Did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur? Or did this surprise you that you've gone in this direction? It feels natural, but it's also surprising at the same time. I guess growing up, I've always been interested in brands and logos and just things like that and the way they're structured. And I was not raised to be an entrepreneur in any way, honestly. So when this opportunity came across me, I just took it and ran with it because I knew that entrepreneurship and business was something that I wanted to learn how to do and something I wanted to get into later on in life. And so now you're into it. It's not later on in life. It's now. Yeah. <laughs> and but you're going to continue on assuming you succeed in keeping this business going. You think that's your direction after college? I think so, yeah. Now, what about all the other aspects of business? Usually people entrepreneurs they're design something or they can create a piece of software or they can whatever the case might be, but then they find when it turns into a business There's a whole lot of other areas like accounting and materials and personnel, which you haven't had to deal with too much. Other aspects, finance, don't come as easily. Have you had any trouble dealing with those? How does that strike you? So I would be lying if I said I was just an engineer. I do a lot of things, marketing, social media, accounting, managing everything. We have manufacturing, we ship things, we design new parts. So. I'd say my partner and I are are a little slow in the organization department. (laughs) So we have to work a little harder to get everything organized, but it works out. But you embrace all that. That's that as part of the deal. 
Right. And I, you're always going to have to do that for everything. Have you had uh, any of your peers come up to you and hit you up for a job? <laughs> I have. Yes. I, I wish I could give them a job and I hope I can in the future. <laughs> now, speaking of jobs, uh, your co-op back in the beginning of all this or in the early days invited you back at one point, correct? They did. So I didn't work during the start of the pandemic. And then right as I was about to move back home, they called me like a week before the end of the term. We're like, hey, you want to come back? And I was like, I would like to, but I'm kind of doing this now. So tell me what you've learned from all of this. I know that you have made in a couple of articles and things, a few points, uh, things that you've learned. Tell me what those are. I'd like to think I'm pretty ambitious. And, you know, I really, I wanted to learn about business and entrepreneurship before I graduated and had responsibilities like debt or kids or a family or a mortgage or any responsibility of an adult. So that's why I've just been working really hard on this, just to learn as much as I possibly can. And I think it's important for young people to just get out and do stuff while you can. And what about learning? I mean, you've done a lot of things, like you already told me, that you bought machines you didn't know how to use. And yet right. you plugged ahead. That seems somewhat courageous. For me, at least, the fastest way for me to learn is to just start doing things. And a lot of people are scared of failure or falling flat on their face, but it really is the fastest way to learn is through failure. So we've always kind of embraced that. Like, I'm not saying we, we, tr we, we don't try and fail, but when we do, we just get right back up and keep trying. So, you know, the old Thomas Edison story, don't you? What's that? He had, I don't know, 10,000 attempts and failures before he invented the light bulb. And instead of considering each one a failure, he considered each one one step closer to success. Right. And that's exactly what it is. 10,000 is a lot of failures. So that's pretty impressive. Oh, I don't know if that was a number, but it was a high number. But you also, how, how do you learn? You didn't have a mentor. You didn't have a guy down the block who taught you how to use this machine or, or helped guide you through this process. So what were the tools that you used to teach yourself this stuff? Everything on the product side, we learned 100% on our own. I've had a little CAD and CAM experience from Kettering classes, but I mean, I was doing CAD in high school. So it's, it's something that like I've, I've known how to do. But as far as manufacturing, like the CNC machining and everything and just material science, that is all from the internet. So, and just you, trial and error. You've learned a lot of stuff from the internet, from trial and error, from just doing it, knowing mm -hmm. you'd probably fail and figuring it out and go forward. To me, the internet is still the most powerful tool for learning anything and everything. And I think it always will be. Well, this has really been interesting. And I, along with a lot of people, congratulate you on your initiative, on your courage, on your success. And we'll be interested in watching you and watching BarryBacher.com. I don't have a VW or a Golf, so I'll be looking forward to what other vehicles and products you, you put together. So when do you start school? You start go back to school as of, we're, we're just after the 4th of July here. So you're starting in a week going back to school, right? Yep, on the 12th. Okay. And you've taken down some of your products in the short term. Am I not correct, Justin, until you make that transition? Yeah, there. So 
July 4th was the last day we were accepting orders. So everything is labeled as out of stock right now. And they should be back up for sale in about a month or two. Okay. Well, Neil Barish, do you call yourself CEO? What's your title? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I feel like the company's too small for me to call myself CEO. I feel like it's it's too official. So I would say president is pretty good. This is something I didn't ask you. What is your partner? How did you divide the labor? So on paper, my partner is the chief design officer. I'm the chief product officer, which is almost the same thing. We split things up. He He's really, he is like a natural gift for design and art. He like, the kid's amazing. So he does more of like the final say on how things will look and the final design for things. And I am managing things and just keeping the ball rolling. So. And his full name is? Sam Baker. Sam Baker. Co-founder of BarryBacher.com. I congratulate you and I thank you, Neil, for joining us today on Horsepower to Hyperloops. It's has been very illuminating and I wish you the best negotiating business and school over the last two years of your college education and then beyond. Thank you for having me. Join us again to hear Kettering University's podcast, Horsepower to Hyperloops, available from wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.